Hey, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. What's your opinion? I, um, well... Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So settle in and join me on the flip as we get into how to have a solid opinion. I'll see you then. All right, let me ask you something. What do you think about it? And it being anything that you care about or anything that somebody might ask you in a conversation. One of the things that um, wisdom is really good at is helping us to be able to turn what we know, what we think, and even what we believe into something more. It's like it's a transmutation into what we take in and we turn it into something greater. And that something greater usually turns into being something inspirational, motivational, insightful, and intuitively um, ingenious. Yeah, those are some of the things that I like about what wisdom does when she has a perfect work in us. But one of the areas that I have noticed that is a plug or a natural um, inhibitor of wisdom is people not being willing to have strong thoughts that can uh, sustain scrutiny and investigation. Um, When I see or hear someone who just flippantly says, you know, when you ask them, what do you think about it? Um, I don't know. Or yeah, sounds good. Or whatever you say. That is kind of like nails on a chalkboard for me (laughs) because Either the person is uh, unwilling to share their thoughts, which is not bad. I mean, they have the right to do that. But I mean, is it really furthering relationship, interaction and um, dialogue or they are afraid to be wrong or they're just downright shallow people, shallow thinkers who I like to call background folks, or if you're in the gaming world, NPCs, non-player characters. They're just there to fulfill a role of just being. And that's not cool. And the reason why it's not cool is because with the more cocooning we have, uh, where people are just not in close proximity to each other as much as as they used to. Let's let's face it. You go to work, you interact with your um your coworkers, uh, you might go to a place of worship, and on the weekends you're usually running your errands. And even with that, you're not really interacting that much with people. Uh, but you're spending a lot of time, and I'm saying you are meaning all of us. We're spending a lot of time online, and with that, the online re- does require a lot of cerebral um, things. Uh, that we need to bring to the table. And one of those is being able to have a solid opinion. Yeah. You don't, (laughs) sometimes you don't even realize um, that for however you interact with someone, that the interaction becomes better, more detailed, and um, deeper. When you can have an opinion about something, think about it. 
When's the last time someone asked you what, what you thought about something and you had an opinion that was well thought out, it was solid, it, uh, you were able to stand behind it, and it aged well. If you're not quite sure that you're able to uh, say, yeah, I, I did that, then let's, let's listen in and let's get some things because I really want to allow wisdom to help us because it only seems like we're going to be going more and more into digital interactions and relationships. Uh, I talked about this recently on another podcast, but in even relationships, when people are trying to date now, no longer are people just wanting to see a whole bunch of, you know, pics and, um, emojis. No, now they're wanting voice notes. They're wanting to hear the person's voice, but also they're wanting to get quick opinions or hot takes, as we're going to talk about a little bit today, in what this person is thinking. So let's start uh, with, with just doing kind of like a little quick evaluation. If I were to ask you, what do you think about it? And you are a little queasy when it comes to giving an answer about what you believe, or you're like, ah, whatever, or, you know, or any of the above that I've talked about up to this point, I want to help you with understanding that first natural, then spiritual. And what I mean by that is whenever anyone has any kind of interaction with another person that they are, you know, um, having any kind of, uh, engagement with, whether it just be a, a passerby, there is going to be an emotional element to it. I don't care your gender. I don't care your belief system. You're going to have an emotional response to it because that's the stimuli that you're responding to. And it's very quick to the point where it can be micro, a micro gesture of uh, emotion that can pass between the two. And because of that, we need to be aware of it and we need to be better uh, able to deal with it. So when people ask you, what do you think about something? Don't believe that it's going to actually hit your logic centers first. No, it's going to rumble around in, inside of you and uh, there's going to be some feeling. There's going to be some emotion and there's probably going to be some belief, especially if it's not something uh, that's... Uh, just a yes no statement or something like that okay so what do we do what what do we do with the emotional response so the first thing is you don't necessarily have to identify it where you say oh i'm feeling this but you do want to recognize it and respect it and when i say recognize and respect it what i mean is is don't immediately have uh, react out of the emotion and there's a, a, a tip off where you can usually tell someone is definitely reacting out of emotion because there is no pause. There is no recognition, recollection or anything of the emotional components at work so much so that a lot of times they are not even allowing the other person to finish what they want to ask or say before they've got their answer. And it doesn't matter how eloquent it sounds. It doesn't matter how witty or how uh, forceful or committed or confident the response. It is still being delivered in um, doused completely almost in emotion. So don't do that. Don't, don't be, a, don't, don't be that person. And the reason why I say that is also because 
What you are showing or demonstrating is that you are susceptible to coercion of a better argument if it comes along. Have you ever had a time where it maybe happened to you or somebody else and you have this discourse with someone and at the end of it, either your beliefs or the person that uh, opinions or the person that you are observing that this is happening to, that other person dog walks, walks them. Their opinion and um, their logic is so sound that they move the other person completely over to their side. And I will say this, um, I was trained while I was in seminary how to do what we would call an apology. And an apology is a, a, um, a form of logic based on beliefs and how to dismantle someone's counterbelief to give them a reason to accept the belief that you are portraying. And so they call it apologetics. It is the study of being able to have a, not a, it's not just a defense, but it's all, the nuance of it is to have a way to sway or uh, impress or influence someone to consider the belief system that you are presenting. So I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard, okay? And when people act out of emotion, <laughs> that means that someone well-versed in doing apologies or or debates or something has got them. You do not want to reveal to anyone that you have a mind ready for the taking. And you do that when you operate in this emotional response. So I'm going to tell you, first and foremost, from this moment on, I don't care where you think you are in it. Practice your thoughts. Practice your thinking. Practice what you think, feel, because it's really not that much thinking as it is feeling about something. And you don't have to go for the big stuff. You don't have to go for the provocative things that cause uh, families to fall out at Thanksgiving take over the Thanksgiving meal. No, start with little things. Um, start with um, conundrums. Start with things like, what color is this shoe? You know, what color do you see? Something simple like that. And once you start to do that kind of stuff, you're going to see in a, a, a good evaluative way where you stand on something. And that leads me to this next thing about how to get ready, how how to identify where you are on it. I want to really kind of talk real quick about vapid or surface thinking. And vapid thinking is, well, vapid, you know, means uh, hollow uh, and, and surface thinking is just like it is, you know, uh, about as deep as a puddle of rain. And when <laughs> when you are trying to develop your sense of having a strong type of opinion or a solid opinion, uh, try to see how many layers down or how many, better than that, how many different uh, ways you can uh, look at what you want to say or what you want to portray or believe or whatever. And that's going to start to help you. Now, the first thing is, is, and I just mentioned this with the emotional response, usually shallow and va or vapid thinking happens when the top of head becomes the tip of tongue, meaning the first thing that pops in your mind is what you go with. Learn to take a beat 
take a breath, or even a half breath, take a pause and turn that idea around in your mind or in your heart, however you want to do it before you spout it out. And I'm going to tell you, 50% or better of the times you're going to rethink that because, and this is this is something that is uh, hard for some people to handle, and that is a lot of times your opinion is going to be unchecked. It's going to only be about you or only be about how you think or only be about how you believe that you have all the answers and that only you can be right. Or it's going to have an opinion that shifts all of the focus and attention onto you. Yeah. And that is not cool. And again, it telegraphs to those in the know that you have a mind susceptible to a better counting argument and you have a mind for the taking. So practice not being so myopic, so narrowly focused on you, yours, and your opinion. Because having a solid opinion does take into consideration different sides, even if you're trying to argue for something specific. Um, A well-thought-out opinion does include things that we're going to cover in a minute of critical thinking and all of that other stuff. All right. And so let's actually start talking about how to become the person who is able to give a well thought out or a solid opinion without taking forever. Okay. And that is let's start working on having mental dexterity and agility. You see, shallow thoughts denote atrophy of the mental processing, meaning that you become inflexible. You're not able to move and be agile and uh, take in other things. I've talked um, about human adaptability and I've even talked about this concept called the adaptability quotient, which is kind of, it's not kind of, it's an intelligence range of how uh, quickly and um, successfully you're able to adapt and change. And when you are dealing with people, especially with having opinions that are stable, that you can stand behind, that age well, it's going to require mental dexterity and agility. Well, you might be saying, oh, Michelle, okay, that's fine. Well, how do you do that? (laughs) Glad you asked. To start shaking off the, the inflexibility and the stiffness and the myopathy where, you know, it's just, this is what I believe in that because this is what I believe is infallible and this is the only way I can believe and only way anyone should believe. Yeah, that's telegraphing that you definitely have a mind for the taking. Start to uh, break down that stuff on your own before someone does it for you and you don't even realize what they've done. All right. So the first thing I'm going to say is, is cut out all the echo chambers of dumbness. And those echo chambers, they have become so prevalent that people don't even realize that they have a constant diet of same, of sameness. And the more you have of homogeneous things that are just like you, The more conservative you become in your views, meaning that you narrow your focus and then with the narrowing of your focus, you believe that this because this is what you believe that this is the only way to believe it and that anything else outside of that is taboo or or any of the other crazy stuff that you can think of. 
you have to expand and diversify. (laughs) If you're willing to diversify with your money, why won't you diversify with your thinking? I mean, it just stands to reason that you would want to do that. Okay. And so the next thing is, is with uh, this echo chamber of dumbness, if you are technologically astute and you use search engines, social media, or anything like that, start to break the algorithm because they they know you better than you know yourself. That's why they present to you the offerings that you that they give you. And I want you to know that anything you see on your social media, on your search engines, is not the whole world. It's not the whole truth. There is always another secret to be uncovered. And I dare you to try to do something counter to what you're used to, something that makes you uncomfortable, something that is so counter to your culture, to your belief system, you know, the upside down world, the bizarro world. Do that. Break the echo chamber of dumbness that is served up to you daily. Dare to step outside of that. And one way to do that is to start to be able to develop a ability to argue from both sides. Yeah. And the way to do that, I've talked about Socrates before and the Socratic method where you ask questions that they're not leading questions. They're just questions to dismantle a statement or a belief. And then after the dismantling, you examine it. And then after you examine it, everything that only the things that are left are what are reassembled into a new tightly uh, focused, concentrated understanding. And so that's called that's the Socratic method. You see it done uh, with uh, lawyers uh, doing um, um, an, um, an interrogation on the on a witness stand. You see it uh, with people doing debates. You see it um, if we're to believe these television shows. You see it with astute detectives trying to get to the bottom of what happened for different witnesses and suspects. Okay, so it has value. But the thing I want you to do is to look at both sides or as many sides as you can handle of a particular topic, argument, statement, or whatever. And doing this is going to make your mind more uh, agile, more flexible, and faster at doing this. There are um, great resources to do it if if you need to figure out how or say for instance you're like I need examples I would say go on to places like YouTube and listen to with a shield up of course to not be persuaded but listen to people of different thoughts and spectrums of beliefs and see how they work through their arguments and take what you like and leave, you know, I say eat the fish, leave the bones. Take what you like of how, not what they say, but how they go about uh, putting their opinions together and you'll start to learn. So the next thing is I want to talk with you quickly um, as our time is coming to an end, some of the things that you can actually do to develop an opinion that you can stand behind. Well, the first thing is, is like I just said before, when talking about practicing, practice doing hot takes. And uh, when you do those hot takes, hot takes are, are simply uh, insight, um, insights into trivial matters. It can be uh, social topics of the day, news. Um, it can be um, anything that's, pr- that's provocative or anything that 
uh, has um, the general community a buzz. So practice having a hot take. It's like I said, it's quick. It's a quick insight on what your opinion is of something. And I will say, definitely do the first thing that comes out of your mouth or, or, or off of the tip of your tongue and out of your mouth. And then go back and do all the stuff that uh, we've talked about so far. Argue for both sides or the different sides. And then also try to get into um, considering things outside of the echo chamber of where you normally feel safe. And that brings me to the next thing. Be willing to be wrong. This is something that we are all plagued with because the circumstances for being wrong are so dire. So I'm not telling you that this is easy. Oh no, you have to be a freaking hero to be willing to be wrong because people always are trying to come for you if you are wrong on something. But you do have to be willing to do that so that you can release yourself from the confines and the bounds of trying to fit in and trying to give people what they want to hear instead of what they really want to hear is your take on something, your opinion. And in order to do that, I want you to employ critical thinking. Now, critical thinking is not hard. You guys, we talk about it all the time, especially here. Uh, Start doing your critical thinking by doing the traditional five W's, one H. That is the who, what, when, where, why, and how. If you uh, have opportunity and time, and I'm telling you, the more you do this, you can do it almost in a flash when you become better at it because your brain will become mentally agile to be able to run through these things really quickly. And by doing this, it's going to allow you to have more bandwidth in what you consider. And thus, people are going to be like, oh, they're insightful. I like, you know, their opinions. And you will become influential, especially if you can apply um, quick critical thoughts to what you want to think about. You actually take the time to think before you speak. It's it's an amazing thing, I'm, I'm telling you. And so... Um, critical thinking about who would this affect for the good or for the bad? Who's behind it? Uh, what's really being asked? Is there any subtext underneath this? Is there like a shadow uh, puppet master? Uh, when? When is this relevant? When is this going to happen? Or has this happened? Is this the after effect of another causation? Uh, where? Where might this uh, have the biggest impact? Is it useful? Is it helpful? Or is it trivial? Um, why? why? Why does this matter? Uh, why should we be addressing it? Are we the persons to have a say-so in it? And then how? How do we go about executing what we say? Or are we just standing on platitudes and regurgitating things that we've heard? You know, going through these five W's and one H is going, they're going to help your critical thinking become very keen and sharpened to where you're able to suss out things that other people have not considered. And they're going to be very thankful for you. And I'm telling you now, when you start to have a stable, solid opinion that you can stand behind, you're going to become influential. Now, this is the other thing I want to just say, and that is you almost kind of sort of these days have to have a crystal ball and uh, to uh, when you give out some type of opinion. And that means you got to put in a lot of caveats. You got to be telling people things like, you know, preface it by saying, 
I could be wrong, but, you know, or my opinion might not age well, or even this. Um, I, Based on what you ask me, I'm limited by my scope of knowledge or even my resources available to me at this time. And by putting those caveats in, your opinion <laughs> will age better than if you just said it like, this is the way things are. You know, always be willing to leave yourself an opening for editing. And for updating, because we are evolutionary beings and even our words, our thoughts and our beliefs have to be evolutionary, always changing because, hey, we're energy and energy is, you know it, always moving into and out of uh, form, never created nor destroyed, which you see is what you get, but until the next change. Okay. So I wanted to make sure I put that in there. Uh, One of the things that I really liked, I was listening to Trevor Noah do an interview recently and he had a great observation on an opinion. And he was asked about the cancel culture and people um, coming down so harshly on people for things they may have said 5, 10, 15, uh, 20 plus years ago. And what he said was, uh, and he took a beat and he did a lot of the stuff (laughs) that I'm talking to you about today. And what he said was, is that people tend to want a mascot. And I'm, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'm, I'm just giving you the gist of what he said. He said they want to put a mascot on something that has not aged well. And so they pick out entertainers, com- comedians, politicians, people of notability and even notoriety to quote unquote cancel them out and try to take them down. He says, but what no one el- um, ever realizes is that at the time when they were saying it, they were not the only people culpable. They had audiences that listened to them and believed what they were saying as well. And a lot of times it was the masses. So if you come for one, you have to come for all. And I was like, that is so good. He talked about being able to understand the zeitgeist of those times. Now, just even going back to that, he went through critical thinking of who, what, when, where, how, and why. And he did it so quickly that this is what he came up with to the point where usually the opinionated um, part of the interview, the t- interview team was was flummoxed. He had nothing to say for that. All he could do was y- nod, y- you know, nod and say, well thought out, you know. And that's what I'm talking about. When you start having that ability to give an opinion that's solid, stable, you're then able to do what he then did next. And that was he started building on top of that. And being able to build on top of that, um, he brought them to a higher level where the questions became more nuanced, had more depth to them. And they were, uh, it it made for a much better interview because it wasn't the same old um, lower vibrational stuff that just leaves you, makes you feel like you're burning uh, brain cells that you you can't spare. And so as I'm closing this up, um, I'm going to just borrow really quickly from the book, How to Read uh, Literature Like a Professor, where he talks about whenever a professor encounters new data, new materials, or new books, they use three things. And that is they use their memory, symbol, and pattern. And this is how they separate what is going on with what they're encountering. And this is a trick that you can definitely use. So memory, memory of what you've taken in that corresponds or correlates to what you're looking at. And then symbol. Are there any kind of metaphors, analogies, anecdotes, or significance of what's being presented to you from your world? And then patterns. Are there any kind of archetypes, routines, or habits that are running in the background? Subtext. 
anything that you can grasp onto based on the subject matter at hand and how you can incorporate that. And that means that if you're able to do that, you must have a large database, which means you got to break out the echo chamber of dumbness to explore and expand and diversify your portfolio of um, knowledge and wisdom and experience. And then you also have to be mentally agile so that you can break through and have the strength to uh, respect your emotional response, but then start to move toward being able to argue from both sides, have critical thinking, have a willingness to be wrong, and even putting in the caveats of I might be wrong or uh, uh, those types of things that are going to help your opinion age well, as well as bring new insights, innovations, and ways of looking at things. And so as I bring this to a close, what I want you to do is I want you to start practicing because Your opinion matters and it's only going to matter more as we continue in um, the vein that we're going technologically where you're, I foresee it coming to a time where based on how you're able to answer off the cuff is going to uh, mean your livelihood. Those who are the most dexterous in their ability to think on the fly and adapt quickly are going to run the world. And so why don't you start now while you can practice in the dark and make your mistakes where not a lot of people are going to be coming for you. So that is what I wanted to say about how to have a solid opinion. And so guess what? Yes, you guys, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. So please check the show notes and uh, continue to send comments and questions, share, like, and subscribe. Thank you for everything. And for those of you who are my ride or dies, I really want to thank you for continuing to use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ for whenever you do your Amazon shopping, especially coming up at the holidays. The um, the proceeds go to help me continue to bring you uh, these shows on a daily basis. So until tomorrow, I am going to bid you adieu and I'm going to encourage you to go out there, trust yourself, be willing to be wrong, but have a, a solid opinion. All right. So talk to you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.